1: Blob Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, Fantasy Football Mastermind, Michael Nazareth has several decades of fantasy football experience his website ffmastermind.com offers comprehensive fantasy football information including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters the fantasy football mastermind edge offers fantasy football picks to click and play the latest nfl news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the fantasy football mastermind edge, Michael Nazareth.
2: Welcome to the show, everybody. It is November 28th uh, <laughs> of the 2023 uh, NFL fantasy season week 13 my name is michael nazarek i'm host of the fantasy football mastermind edge podcast fantasy football mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com and with me once again my very good friend very experienced fantasy writer and co-host chris rito how are you doing tonight chris
0: well well sir well sir lucky week 13 boy i'll tell you if you uh, we all survived thanksgiving thankfully uh, i don't know about you but man if there's any Turkey or carbohydrates left in the Indianapolis tri-county area. It is not my fault. I can tell you that I definitely did my share to eat my calories. I got my calories in. My sister-in-law did a great job hosting us, and whoo, good seeing family. Good having some good time with everybody, and definitely, uh, I, I, uh, I ate my caloric share for the weekend. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh- uh, tryptophan, uh, <laughs> overload on that turkey and all oh, the cranberries. I my, my specialty is the cranberries right out of the Ocean Spray can. You keep it in in cold <laughs> in the fridge, and you just dip it. You just. Take the top off and just plop it right on there, and it's shaped like a can. I love it. <laughs> you slice it, it slices really well. Okay, uh, let's get right to the news. It's it's week 13, people. That means that you probably, if you're still listening, you're probably still in the hunt. We're well into the fantasy playoffs. Uh, Chase here, and you guys out here that are listening uh, in the High Stakes Fantasy Football Players Championship, FFPC Fantasy Pros Championship, uh, this is the start of the playoffs, so all these uh, all this information is important, and we got hit with a, uh, a hammer right over the head, didn't even know about this injury uh in in indianapolis uh, you're part of the area chris uh, uh jonathan taylor injured his thumb he played through it uh looked good uh the media were talking uh with him after the game there was no indication that there was kind of a, a problem but uh, he apparently he's going to have surgery and he's out for a couple of weeks at least they're going to consider ir what's uh what's the latest from indy on the uh, jonathan taylor
0: yeah, like you said, it was not. It was kind of kept uh, under wraps. Um, nobody really noticed anything about it. Although I, I can tell you, when I watched the game, I, I noticed it, and I mentioned something to my wife. I said he's squeezing his hand on the sideline over there. I said something doesn't look right. And Zach Moss carried for like you know the next six or seven carries. So I think there was something. You know, obviously they noticed it during the game, but he decided just to have some adrenaline and play through it. Um, but yeah, no nobody said anything even post game until just only about a couple hours ago, really. Uh, here on, on on Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening, it's it's uh, it's a bummer. I mean, he was finally, you know, rounding into form. He was becoming matchup proof. Basically, he was the Jonathan Taylor we all ex- expected him to be uh, if he if he came back. You know, Zach Moss is, is obviously quite doing quite well. You know, he was he was he'll be just fine. You know, he was third in the league in rushing and fifth in points per game in PPR in weeks one through five until uh, Jonathan Taylor came back. Um, he, he's going to be just fine. I mean, he was top – he's still, even though he's played total second fiddle for the last, what is it, seven weeks now, six weeks, he's still in the top ten in rushing in the NFL. He's got more rushing yards than guys that have played every week, like Mixon and Pollard and and Ramondre Stevenson and Isaiah Pacheco, guys that you're starting every week. He's still got more rushing yards than them. So I think they'll be just fine. And without having to share time, he may not put up numbers like he did in the first five weeks, but he's still going to be – at least an RB2 to start every week. The big difference is he's not going to have Anthony Richardson with him like he did for the bulk of those first four to five games Um, because he kind of went out roughly the same time Jonathan Taylor came back. Uh, He's not a home run threat, so defenses are not going to have to respect that like they did before, and they don't have the home run threat of Anthony Richardson because gardner Minshew is just not that guy either with his legs or with his arm downfield, quite frankly. So he's going to see a little bit more stacked boxes. So he's not going to have those huge explosive games, but he will be a competent fantasy uh, guy. I think the bigger impact is going to, it's going to take something away from the openings that, that guys like Michael Pittman have had. Uh, maybe even Josh Downs might take a step back, although Josh Downs in that short passing game might become the, uh, the outside explosive threat they were hoping Jonathan Taylor would be. It's going to have an impact on the team i I think, from a fantasy perspective, those guys that held on to, to Zach Moss or maybe who didn't have him that were Jonathan Taylor owners now suddenly got an RB, a starting r b right back for for their stretch drive so so that's kind of a good deal
2: yeah if uh any of your uh Zach Moss owners in your league dropped him and he's out there on a waiver wire this this is top priority uh pick him up the, this week uh we were fortunate to to keep him in fanex and we need him uh maybe not this week, but uh, we, we've lost a couple in a row after ripping off six in a row, and uh, we're fighting to get in the playoffs here in the next couple of weeks. So we need all the help we can get. Uh, and like you said, now now Moss did have some surprisingly long runs, uh, you know, uh, earlier in the season. So uh, you know, it's not saying that he can't put up a you know a top ten number for the running back position. But but obviously, if he's out on your waiver wire, this is where you throw all your remaining money, uh, your fab money, uh, if you uh, have a blind auction bidding. Uh, to get Zach Moss, because uh, he 's going to be uh, the man there for at least the next two weeks, if not more, and like I said, uh, it sounded like the Colts are actually thinking about putting uh, putting uh Taylor on i r and if that happens then he 's out at least four weeks, and that 's going to put a crimp on a lot of people 's uh, yeah. season this is This is interesting because you got a couple of guys here here that have very big question marks coming into the season, and Cooper cup and Jonathan Taylor and Neither of them were playing the first month of the season, and then they came on and and they started a little slow. At, well, in Cooper's cup, cup, cup spot, he had two really big games early. And then he started slowing down a little bit, and then he got hurt again. And is, it's almost a mirroring type of season for Jonathan Taylor, maybe a slower start when he started playing and then really getting rounding in the format of a really couple of big games. And now he's out for at least a couple of, couple of weeks. And everybody that kind of uh, relied on these two guys to carry them in through the fantasy playoffs I'm not quite sure what's going to happen, you know, with, with Taylor and all. And, and, and Cup's not exactly performing like a, an RB uh, WR one right now, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Anyway, uh, moving on over to uh, the New York Jets, a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers, whether he's going to come back or not. And they're like, well, does it really matter? Should he come back if the Jets are actually in it? And he was uh, on, on a, on a talk, show, uh, talk show earlier today, and he was saying, uh, well, why, uh, when, when he, what is the determining factor about whether you're going to come back and play? He goes, well, it's health first. Can I play? And then second, are we alive for a playoff berth? So, uh, Chris, what do you think happens, let's say, if you know, he does start uh, feeling pretty good and wants to get out there and all, but the Jets lose the next two games? Do you think he, we're not going to see him at all this year then? Or, or, or what do you think we're still going to see him?
0: Well, there was a few years back when he was at Green Bay. I think it may have been one of his collarbone breaks where he missed, you know, like 10 weeks or whatever. And he said, you know, if I can play, if I can come back, as long as we're still mathematically not eliminated, he'll play. And he did. And he came back and he played one game. He, was, he had some flashes, but he was obviously a little sore and a little limited and a little rusty. Uh, and then they got eliminated, and he, and he was right back out. He, and he didn't play the rest of that year. I, I want to say it was one of his collarbone injuries. So there is precedent to suggest that he means what he says right there and that he may try that. I don't know if the Jets can, can really put themselves in a position to make it worthwhile for him to come back, and whether or not the Jets will kind of keep him from doing that because they've got so much invested in him, even if it is only for the short term, for the next year, maybe two, uh, I I would be shocked to see him come back. Not so much because of the nature of the injury, because I think you know if anyone is, can do it, he's shown that he maybe is one of those quarterbacks that can. I would just be shocked because I don't think the Jets can put themselves in that strong of a position where he's going to be interested in doing so and they are going to be interested in letting them do so that's my opinion at least
2: yeah the the, the schedule is very tough for them and and also uh the only reason this is even being considered is because of the position that he plays first of all he, he, if he plays he's going to be a statue in the pocket he's going to be taking the snap uh, from shotgun all the time uh and then it, the fact is is that it, it's the leg that is it, not his back leg in terms of throwing and planting it's his front Front leg that uh, that so everything is working out so that if he can play you know he'll be limited but you know it's it's all like well uh, they're hoping that the accuracy is still going to be there in the throwing and it's certainly going to be interesting I I hope that they're on the fringe of it just so we can see him and see what he does and get some kind of excitement for the, for the Jets and the Jets fans, you know, are hoping on this because it would actually be terrible if he's like, oh, I feel good you know, all of a sudden, and they lose the next two or three weeks here, and they're totally out of it, and then they, and then they just say, hey, it's not worth it at all, and we don't get to see that excitement from, from the Jets. Anyway, uh, well, there was another big uh, happening in the NFL. Uh, uh, Mr. Tepper over in uh, Carolina uh, the Panthers uh, fired uh, head coach Frank Wright, who was the former Colts head coach, and he even last a year, a uh, one in ten. Uh, Chris Tabor uh, becomes the interim head coach. Uh, what, what do you think the fantasy impact is going to be here for all the key fantasy players? Really, there's only a few here. Maybe uh, Chuba Hubbard and uh, Adam <laughs> Thielen. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen with those guys uh, in the immediate future? Because uh, there there are uh, a lot of fantasy players, uh, fantasy uh, owners out there have uh, like guys like Adam Thielen or Chuba Hubbard. Like we've got Thielen. Uh, should we go ahead and uh, bench him, uh, or or does this uh, maybe new life? Uh, there are going to be some changes. What do you what do you do with guys like this, Chris?
0: Yeah, I, I, the phrase key fantasy players in the 2023 Carolina Panthers, it sounds, sounds like an oxymoron <laughs> to me. But, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure because I don't really think the coaching was the issue, quite frankly. I mean, the team is just not very talented. They, they tried to cobble some things together in free agency, and they maybe signed some pieces, but they weren't necessarily young pieces as a general rule, with the exception of, of moving up to get bright Young. I think this is more of an indictment of, of the general manager and the ownership than anything else. And I'm still very concerned that it might uh, really impact Bryce Young's development. But as far as fantasy perspective for the rest of this season, uh, I, I, I think Tuba Hubbard, they, they clearly have, have, have decided that the Sanders is not their guy. They, 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 but they made a mistake and they, they swung and missed on that one. The guy that's, that's the only guy that's had fantasy value this year is Adam Thielen, who's been a, a WR one in PPR for, for much of the year um, a little bit up and down in the last month or so. I'm not so convinced that he might not take start taking fewer snaps. You know, he's an older guy. They might want to get some of the younger guys in there, have them start to work more time, more snaps, get more targets from Bryce Young to see what they have going forward because clearly they're not doing anything this year. And the, and the simple fact is they don't even have their number one pick next year. They could have the number one overall pick. And get some help for Bryce Young, but they traded away to get Bryce Young, as well as their best receiver, their best young receiver to the Bears and D.J. Moore. So they've really messed up a lot here, and they're really not in a good position to help Bryce Young this year or really for the next year or two. got to figure out what they have, and some of these younger guys that can be, complementary pieces but none of these guys are going to be world beaters going forward either this year or next year. So this is this is a disaster. This really is a disaster team right now. The best thing I can say is that you want to play your defenses against them.
2: Yeah. Uh, as, as for Adam Thielen, uh, well, we haven't been fan X. In fact, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I just looking at our lineup, I, I would, I would probably start Brandon Cooks over him. Uh, maybe Jaden, Jaden Reed. We've got some other options. If you've got people like that, because the bottom line, like you said, he might be playing less snaps. And if, uh, the bottom line though, overall is that Thielen hasn't scored or broken a hundred yards, uh, since week six. And this is week 13 now. So that was like half a season ago, uh, you know, so uh, don't be afraid to bench Mr. Thielen, people. You know, even if he does catch five or six passes, it's probably going to be five, five for 50 or six for 60 or something like that. And, uh, you know, unless you're in a PPR, it's not going to be a huge amount of numbers. And even in a PPR, we're talking 10 or 12 points here. So if you get like a Brandon Cooks that catches one or two passes and one of them is a 30-yard catch touchdown, then you've already gotten your points there from him. Uh, I'm just saying this for experience because uh, in one league I did bench uh, Adam Thielen for Brandon Cooks last week, and it worked out fine. Uh, so, you know, uh, so they've anyway. also got a uh,
0: they've also got a tough schedule against the pass for the next uh three weeks after they got the buccaneers this week which will be you know pretty promising and positive but then they got the saints Falcons and Packers for the next month and that's these are these are top ten defenses against the pass uh, especially against the wide yep. receiver so this is gonna this is gonna be a challenge for him especially with the change in play caller the change in in leadership and direction, and these other potential changes that we just talked about this could be this could be a really, really rough stretch for Bryce Young in particular and for the Panthers in total
2: yeah it 's going back to Brown there when uh, Reich uh, gave up uh, control, and then when that happened that 's the when the Thielen started seeing less targets and such and then Reich of course took it back uh, for one game, had a pretty good game for thielen, and then of course the whole thing went up and and in hand, the handbasket hand this past weekend, there, and uh, I only saw three targets. So, anyway, let's get to the, uh, the list of injuries here to keep your eye on for, for the rest of this week. Uh, Baker Mayfield with the ankle, his MRI was negative. It looks like he's likely to play there. That's good for the Bucks and uh, guys like, uh, well, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin there. Kenny Pickett with an ankle, looks like he's expected to play, might be limited in practice early this week. Uh, Kenneth Walker with the oblique sat on Tuesday. I would not expect him to play on Thursday against the Cowboys, so make other plans there. Aaron Jones in the same boat there with the knee. He sat on Monday coming off of the uh, turkey game uh, day, uh, turkey day game, uh, so it looks like he's probably not going to play this week. Devon Achan uh, actually might play. He's live uh, day to day. They held him out last week, so he might play this week, but I, I'd be careful about starting him unless you're desperate there. Uh, Jerick McKinnon with the groin, uh, we'll see if he can practice this week for Kansas City. Uh, the big one down in New Orleans, we're going to talk uh, about Derek Carr a little bit later, but uh, Chris Olave, uh, separate again concussion uh, coming off a really big first half. Uh hopefully that's uh Something he can get over in a week. They've we had a couple guys this year. Alexander Masson, the latest, come to come back from a concussion without missing a game. We'll see if he can practice later this week. Uh, his running mate Rashid Shaheed with a hamstring. He's doubtful of play this week, so they're kind of uh, short there. There, uh, guys. Uh, if you uh, know that Juwan Johnson is available on your league waiver wire, and you need help at tight end uh, or at the wide receiver position, if you uh, don't have a tight end required position, you might want to pick up Juwan because. He's definitely going to see some targets. He saw seven and caught four passes last week because Shahid is going to be out. And, of course, Mike Thomas is long gone there uh, on IR. Uh, T. Higgins, we'll see, with a hamstring. Uh, he might uh, play this week. He has a shot. Uh, Mark Hill with the chest, ribs in Cleveland. Oh, boy, you know, they're, they're beat up there. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Quentin Johnson with the ribs, x-ray negative. And, uh, people, uh, you held on to Josh Palmer with a knee. He's eligible to come back from. Uh, IR this week he's not going to miss uh, another week for sure he might be able to play we'll see if he can practice and they might activate him they're really short-handed there at wide receiver no brown with the knee we'll see if he can practice this week of course they're stacked at wide receiver in in, uh, in Houston Demario Douglas with the uh, head concussion we'll see if he can practice Traylon Burks has uh, already missed a couple of games with a concussion we'll see if he can practice and come back Michael Wilson with the shoulder in Arizona he's uncertain and of course everyone in Philly is waiting on uh, Dallas Goder to see if that forearm is healed enough. They did not put him on IR. He's already missed a couple of games as well as the bye week. We'll see if he can play in practice this week. We'll see. We'll check it later, and we'll be right back after this important message.
1: You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience, including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing.
2: Check out our website, ffmastermind.com, for all the good stuff, uh, including our NFL uh, QuickBits feature, updated uh, news on a daily basis, and, of course, releasing free Ionic Sky Scanner Reports, including those that cover the Colts from Chris Rito. Uh, our newsletter, we're still pumping those out for our premium subscribers, uh, expanded picks to click and flick uh, the market, uh, discuss uh, 84 possible free agents to pick up this week uh, for your playoff stretch drive. Uh, of course, we rank the players every week, including flex rankings, uh, daily injury reports. Uh, we update our rankings and such on Saturday. So the weekly in-season newsletter at mid-season sale. We're gonna, not quite at the late-season sale, but we're still at the stage. Uh, at $12.95 uh, cost of a medium pizza. Uh, try us out for the rest of the season. That's a 68% off. And please follow me on Twitter, x. Uh, FF at FF Mastermind. All right, let's get to this week's picks to click and flick. These are guys you want to consider starting or benching, considering uh, their uh, specific situations. All right, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you like this week and why?
0: A lot of good ones off this week and a lot of good defenses to face as well. So I'm going to give you a couple of deeper players uh, besides the obvious ones you're going to start. I'll start with Kenny Pickett. A bit of a sneaky play, like I said, uh, but you're not here to hear about the obvious ones. He's got a fine matchup against the Cardinal secondary that was just lit up by a Rams team a lot of injuries they've allowed 10 of 12 quarterbacks the top 20 points this year and third most passing touchdowns in the league as well as four rushing scores by quarterbacks but the pittsburgh offense finally has had the the governor removed in week 12 i expect he's going to throttle a cardinals team already looking for their week 14 bye. i think this is a get well game for the steelers as they try to build some confidence in their quarterback and then an even sneakier play might be gardner Minshew. he's frankly not really looked good in recent weeks and he can't challenge down the field to attack the weakest link of the titans but points are points, and the Titans give them up to the quarterback. So even, And they do that even though they played one of the wimpiest quarterback schedules so far. So Minshew probably is going to get enough volume to merit consideration this week if you're in a pinch due to the buys or injury. I mean, he posted 155 yards in just one half in relief against them against his team in week five. By the way, Zach Moss lit them up as well, it, we even with Jonathan Taylor playing. And he did have a huge 339-yard three-touchdown game, the only time he's faced them in national in the past.
2: Okay, uh, a couple of guys I like this week. Uh, Brock Purdy, uh, guess what? He gets that sure. school secondary that Josh Allen took apart, and it's in Philly again. He's going to be needed to throw uh, and target uh, Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle in this game. So uh, do not be afraid to start uh, Brock Purdy this week. And then, of course, my uh, aforementioned Derek Carr. Now, this, of course, it comes with a caveat, uh, Chris Olave. If Olave is playing, then I think that Carr is a good play, even with it, Rashid Shaheed, I think with Jawan Johnson, other uh, targets, uh, as, well, as well as dumping the ball off to Alvin Kamara. I think the Lions' defense is really struggling right now, gave up a lot of points to Jordan Love. In the Packers on, on Turkey Day. So if you uh, have a uh, situation like I do in the FFPC and Josh uh, Josh Allen's off on a bye, then starting Derek Carr, you could do a lot worse there. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, therefore mentioned, uh, Jordan Love, the chief secondary, uh, very talented. I think he's they're going to slow him down. This is going to be a lot less scoring in this game than normal, uh, especially for Love there and the Packers, so be careful there. Uh, Geno Smith, wow, uh, he's beat up, and last week he had the 49ers This week he's got Dallas in Dallas. Uh, Forget it. Look elsewhere for a a good quarterback and fantasy points at that position. How about you, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why?
0: Uh, Matt Stafford. I mean, Cleveland's allowed the fewest passing yards by like a lot and hitting the fewest passing touchdowns under one per game. And the only reason they're not the lowest overall fantasy points per game is that they have allowed five rushing touchdowns by quarterbacks. This is clearly not a risk for Stafford. Cleveland's only allowed two quarterbacks to top 20 points this year. And last week, it took four touchdowns for Stafford to only clear 20 points for the second time this year. He's not caught 230 yards since week four. They had a banged-up receiver crew, the return of Kyron Williams to skew it toward the run game. I think there's low-volume passing game and a low rate of success this week. And then my caution play for the week is Justin Herbert. Um, He's been under 300 yards for seven of his last eight games, and he just simply doesn't look right under center while his team has faltered. I think a road trip across the country to chilly New England does not sound like a remedy when the Patriots have allowed only a little more than one touchdown passing per game despite only moderate volume, or despite moderate volume allowed, you know. And he's faced Belichick twice. He's only averaged 216 yards per game and a total of two passing touchdowns and a pair of losses. His recent rushing spurts are just not sustainable. And even with that, he's outside the top 14 over the last six weeks. I think his floor and ceiling might be lower again this week.
2: Yeah, I tell you, he's really missing Mike Williams and Josh Palmer. And also, you remember, that finger is still hurting him. Uh, I tell Mm -hmm. you, uh, I've got uh, both Herbert and Purdy in uh, one of my uh, fantasy pro leagues, uh, and I'm I'm starting Purdy this week. So, there you go, I agree with you. How about a couple of running backs you like and why?
0: Uh, Isaiah Pacheco for the second week in a row. He's looking better each week. He's revving it up as the season wears on. He's now getting 80% of the running back snaps for KC after floating around 55% much of the year. I mean, he crushed Vegas last week, and the Packers' run defense is equally soft and generous. So uh, Pacheco's average almost 16 points per game on the road at barely 12 at home. He scored four of his five touchdowns away from KC as well, so I think this trip north should be good, especially if weather keeps the aerial attacks limited. Then I love Rashad White this week. I mean, do you know that he's been the RB number five in PPR over the last six weeks with more catches and yards receiving than CMC? And while he's not been particularly efficient on the ground, He's improved recently, and he's been totally driven by high volume on the ground and in the air. Um, His numbers are skewed low since Tampa played a gauntlet of tough run defenses, but it's evening out this month with a second consecutive game against the bottom feeder. And obviously the Panthers are hemorrhaging, running back fantasy points. The Bucs should let him run wild this week, especially with Baker dinged. Yeah,
2: I knew that about Rushard White because I've got him in like three or four leagues. So, very, uh, very, good, very good call there. Uh, a couple of running backs I like this week. Devin Singletary has had a kind of a resurgence there. Uh, I know he's sharing some time with... Uh, uh, Damon Pierce, but Pierce only saw a handful of touches last week. Didn't really deserve to see any more of expand expanded role this week, and guess what? You can still run on those Broncos, so if you got Singletary, you need to start them, start them. Don't worry about it. And of course, Derek Henry is the king of the matchup, and guess what? He gets the Colts uh, at home this week, and you can run on the Colts, and Derek Henry's going to score in this game, so you're going to start him. Just uh, you'll be able to uh, breathe a sigh of relief when he uh, scores double digits for uh, your fantasy team this week. A couple guys I'm concerned about. Uh, Joe Mixon is really struggling there without Joe Borough, Burrow, uh, you know, to, to uh, threaten threat the pass. Uh, the Jaguars also very tough. I think they're going to limit mix them this week. You're going to start them. Uh, like I said, uh, I'll tell you, I had to tell a couple of subscribers about this last week. Uh, we kind of said be careful about Bijan, okay? But I didn't say bench him. I said, you know, so you temper your expectations, and guess what? Bijan went off has the best uh, game of the year. And so I had to tell a couple of subscribers, no, you, you go ahead and follow the rankings, and you start them, and they started them, and they got the points. So you know we weren't exactly right on that. I wasn't very right on that. But the bottom line is that you know we read the we read the teams there, and we still told them to start Bijan, and he did. So you're going to start Joe Mixon. It's just that you know temper your expectations there. And then the Chuba Hubbard, of course, the Bucks played the run very well. Uh, the Panthers are a mess. So if you got a better option than, than Hubbard, sit him this week. All right, Chris, how about uh, two running backs? You're not crazy about, and why?
0: Uh, Another repeat uh, member of my list, A.J. Dillon, second week in a row on the bad end. Uh, I think there's a slight chance Jones might play and reduce his volume, but that really doesn't matter since he's consistently failed to light it up in any extended action with Jones out. 28 carries the last two weeks, seventh in the league for only 72 yards, 35th in the league. Yuck. Uh, Casey's pretty tough against the run and even tougher against the bigger and slower backs like Dillon. So I think game script's probably going to be negative here. Is Green Bay more likely to get caught throwing the ball a ton this week? A lot of reasons to hate Dillon this week, but none more so is that he's going to run like A.J. Dillon. And then uh, my caution play of the week is uh, DeAndre Swift. He's really tailed off in the past month or more. He's losing touches, being less efficient with his touches. Through week six, he was top five in rushes, yards, and receptions in a top seven score. Since then, he's outside the top 25, only averaging 12 PPR points per game. He's even stopped catching passes, only 11 catches in six weeks. Never a goal-line option with Hertz vulturing scores, and Hertz has even ratcheted that up at Swift's expense. So with the tough 49ers' defense on tap this week, I would lower expectations for Swift again.
2: Okay, how about a couple of old wide receivers you like and why?
0: Uh, you mentioned Jaden Reed earlier. And you know, which wide receiver is leading the Packers in PPR points per game? It's rookie Jaden Reed, despite not technically being a starter and being lower in the pecking order target-wise. In fact, over the last three weeks, he has scored in each game and been a borderline wide receiver one in PPR – about 18 points per game, surprisingly. Chiefs have been decent against the receiver, but, but in all but two games this season, a secondary wide receiver target has been the better fantasy player than the number one. So with an expectation of higher volume in the air this week, I think Reed has high ceiling potential in all formats. And then uh, you mentioned Ayuk and Kittle earlier. I like Devo Samuel this week. He had a big week last week running and catching against the Commanders, and the only team more susceptible to the receiver is the Eagles, who are dead last in all wide receiver categories. Debo has been a strong wide receiver, too, since the 49ers bye, and it has a, had a season high in reception last week. So with CMC having so many touches, and I think obviously the hopes for a big playoff run, I think Samuel's going to continue to get more touches in the backfield and stay active in what could be a high-scoring game against a very vulnerable defense. You said Purdy is going to be big for fantasy, totally agree. I think Debo's going to be a solid part of that outburst.
2: I agree too. All right, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. Calvin Ridley, hey, uh, he's back. Uh, he's produced it in a couple of games in a row, and guess what? I you, think you should stick with the hot hand this week, so start Calvin Ridley. Don't worry about it. Uh, another guy I like this week, uh, you mentioned the Steelers offense. Yeah, they uh, they racked up 400 uh, yards offense for the first time in, like, more than a season, uh, so <laughs> they all took, got rid of their offensive coordinator. Deontay Johnson, I think he's going to score on the Cardinals, so if you got him, start him. Uh, a couple of guys I'm concerned about uh, this week. Tyler Lockett, uh, not feeling it against the Cowboys. Uh, just don't like that offense, that passing game. And, of course, Jackson Smith, and they may have seen more targets uh, also uh, recently. Uh, Drake London gets the Sauce Gardner treatment from the Jets this week, so be careful with starting him. Uh, how about you, Chris, a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about?
0: Uh, for all the hype and volume at the outset of the year, Puka Nakua has really slowed down a lot. I hesitate to say he's hit the rookie wall. I, I just think he's slowed down a little bit dinged. He's only topped seven PPR points twice in the last seven weeks. Over that span, he's wide receiver 39 in PPR despite eight targets a game. So with the return of Tyron Williams and a tough matchup this week, he might not even get volume and certainly is a decent bet for low productivity. He might have about as low a floor as any wide receiver that is considered a solid starter by most p- people this week. And then I don't really like Terry McLaurin this week. Um, their high-powered offense has been putting teams in a track meet many weeks, but despite that, the Finns are actually allowing a moderate production to the receiver and among the lowest yards per catch in the NFL. They've allowed a TD to the opposing wide receiver one for a long streak of weeks, however, but the catches and yards have dropped a lot since Jalen Ramsey came back. So uh, McLaurin himself has not topped 90 yards all season. He's not topped nine PPR points or 50 yards for a month now. So it's just hard to get real excited for a guy with as low of a ceiling.
2: Okay, Um, let's see. Um, Tight end, Um, where are we?
0: Tight end, clicks.
2: Tight ends, (laughs) a couple tight ends you like and why.
0: Uh, David Njoku is the only tight end fantasy to post double-digit PPR points for six straight weeks, believe it or not. He has done so despite playing for a run-first team with an alpha dog receiver who might be injured and three different quarterbacks. He's steadily risen all season. He's top five in every tight end category over the last six weeks, number two in targets. The Rams have been top 10 in tight end points allowed despite playing, at best, a pedestrian slate of tight ends this year. So you fire up David Njoku with confidence this week. And then I like Dalton Schultz. Uh, The Broncos have turned around their defense over the last seven, eight weeks, but the one thing they've not figured out a way to do is still stop the fantasy tight end. They've allowed the most yards, points, touchdowns so far. They've allowed 10 tight end targets per game since week four. Uh, I know Schultz was invisible last week, but he's still top four over the last month and you just can't pass up a matchup this juicy with six teams on a bye, I'd be willing to bet on a rebound week for Schultz with some good volume.
2: Okay. Uh, a couple of tight ends I like this week. Evan Ingram has uh, yet to score, and uh, Trevor Lawrence knows that. <laughs> so he's been trying to get him to score. Well, the Bengals struggle against the tight end, so I think that Evan Ingram scores this week. So if you uh, got him and you need him, start him. George Kittle, I already mentioned this, could be the difference maker against the Eagles who are vulnerable to the tight end, so obviously you're going to start him, and I think he could have a very big game this week. A couple of guys I'm concerned about, uh, Tyler Higbee had a, like almost a career game, uh, two touchdowns, hadn't done anything all season long. Well, guess what? The Browns really limit the tight end. I'd be very uh, scared to start uh, Higbee. You'd be chasing fantasy points. Don't do that. Uh, Tucker Kraft for the rookie uh, for the uh, the other rookie, uh, for, for the Green Bay Packers. The Chiefs play the tight end really well. Uh, so I would be hesitant about picking up craft and just trying to chase those points, too. Uh, how about you, Chris? A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about and why.
0: Uh, Jake Ferguson's very touchdown dependent, as his red, zone, his red zone touches are amongst the league's best at any position, but his total targets are actually fairly low amongst tight ends overall. And the Seahawks have allowed very modest production of the tight end and only a single touchdown, so they do clamp down in the red zone where Ferguson makes his hay. Um, he struggled to find a role in the offense despite Dak's outbursts. The receivers have been the main beneficiaries. You know, Brandon Cook's taken a lot of his former targets. I think this is a third straight floor game for Ferguson. At least that's what I'd be willing to bet on. And then uh, Gerald Everett, um, even if he was not splitting targets and snaps, the general state of disarray in this Chargers offense would make me have pause in thinking he could reproduce his decent game again this week. And when you look at the opponent, the Pats, a matchup-dependent option, really drops off the radar they've allowed the third fewest catches second fewest yards and only one touchdown all season so half of a decreasing pie sounds like a guy better left on your bench even in this heavy bye week
2: okay it's time for one hit wonders the kicker and defense hit me with him
0: i mentioned jason sanders last week i love him again this week he's still 80 percent unknown he's had consecutive unowned sorry he has second consecutive solid games and he faces the most generous opponent for kickers. And I like Matt Gay this week. Tennessee's allowed the most field goals all year. Gay's averaging 12.5 points per game on the road, and he kicked three field goals against them in Week 5. So I like Gay to reproduce his game against uh, against Tennessee. A couple of defenses. Uh, I like the Falcons going into uh, play the Jets. Uh, they've quietly been a low-end number one defense the last six weeks, and they face the anemic Boyle-led Jets, who haven't topped 13 points since Week 6 before they're by. That's That's kind of sad. And I like the Colts this week going into Tennessee. Um, They're actually the top-scoring fantasy defense over the last four weeks. I think they stay hot, and they get Will Levis and a Tennessee team that's averaging 15 points per game with Levis under center.
2: Okay. Uh, Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we offer our Week 14 preview. Yep, four more shows left to go in the season. Wow. Uh, Time flies when you're having fun. Good night, and good luck to everyone playing this week. Football! Football?
1: You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!